Oh my gosh. Hi guys. We're so excited for this episode because we have actually, we've gotten to the point where we've merged our podcasts. Yeah. So instead of having her podcast Murder Mystery, we've changed that one's name to Murders, Mysteries, and the Paranormal, otherwise known as the MMP. And then my podcast, it's going to kind of go defunct. We're not going to use it really, but we can use, I might still use it here and there. We just it, really don't want to transfer all the episodes over onto mine because of all the data and stuff. It's going to take so a lot of time. we're just going to keep that like open, but not like used. There's not going to be any more new episodes. So the new episodes yeah. that I'm needing to publish, I might briefly publish them so I can download the audio so then we can get them put over here for whenever yep. we decide, okay, yeah. This episode's ready for this. This episode, we, we're going to go and go to season three, go back to murders. I think that's what we're doing. Yep. Or are we just going to kind of dance around and be like, hmm. Here's some paranormal I think here and there. Season three, since we're really then we're really gonna be into our duo, we're gonna go back to our murders mm-hmm. for a whole like ten episodes and we'll just see where it goes from there. Yeah. Um it might be more episodes, we don't know yet. It just depends how far we wanna go in yeah. and what we wanna look at next or if there's any other things we wanna look at. And so, um what, how we're running this is we each get to do an episode, um, and I think we're just supposed to like one a week or something. If that. If, yeah, if that, like, it just depends on how we get on recording, since it's such a new thing for us. New thing, and we've never been that stable with recording. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so I'm finishing, I'm just doing the part two for recreational buildings, and um, Brian has no idea what I have lined up no. for this episode, because that's how it's going to work in his next episode. He was working on it today. And I'm so excited to see what he has planned. And it's not like you can't talk about it. You just can't, like, say names or anything. Like, yeah. So I can't wait to get to the end of this season because I'm really excited to start back with murders because I have a couple of them that I really think are interesting. Like, we had briefly... We had almost entirely recorded the episode I'm going to do for murder. My murder. My first one on that. It's just we haven't posted it yet. We have to get the last, like, little bit... Like, last page recorded. Yeah, and that's not, like, a big deal. No. And once we get back, once we get into that next season, I say that can be our first episode on yeah. that one. Because it's already recorded. Yeah. So. But, yeah, I'm super excited to start today's episode, and I'm so glad we merged our podcasts. We've definitely yeah. had time for this. And, yeah, I'm, like, super excited for this new. Yeah. This is going to be... A new chapter in our life. Well, yeah, and I think it's so fun because, like, life. we're so used... Like, we're so used to, oh, it's a, it's our guest, it's our, like, star guest, when in reality they're, like, in every episode, so why not just merge the two podcasts? Yeah. Like, and if we, we want to bring guests, let's do it. Yeah, and we only really record together. Yeah, so he's gonna react to all of the, these, I have three lined up. I have three recreational, recreational buildings lined up. If you couldn't tell, she just did air quotes. It's an audio podcast. I can't tell what you're doing in him. <laughs> um, yeah, one of them's not really recreational, but I thought it was a... It was... I had to put it in here. Like, there was no way I couldn't. I only know about, like, one of the ones that you're doing. Yeah, he only knows one because we were talking about it, and we're like, oh, maybe we should do this instead because we were talking about it. 
and I've been I I mentioned this one in la, in the last episode, yeah. and I this this K I'm sorry, but this one is so crazy to me, and I actually learned this case from Morbid. It's another podcast, and oh my gosh, I love those I love those girls. Those are like my favorite people in the whole entire wide world. Um, when going on trips, because I just listen to them the whole time. And I just listened to some of their recent episodes, and I was like, oh my gosh, you need to listen to their listener tales, their newest one. Because, um, on one account, I'm not gonna, I say go listen to it, but there's one on there that I'm like, oh my gosh, and it has to do with 130 bodies in a forest. And it's so crazy. And that's just a listener tale. So, I also think I want to do Listener Tales because I think that would be so much fun for you guys to send in your own stories. Yeah. Um, I'll link up an email for you guys to send to it because I have a specific email that I want you guys to use. So, yeah, I will definitely put that in there. Here, I'm actually just going to say it to you now and then I'll put it in, like, the description or whatever for this episode so that you guys can find it anywhere. Um, this email is one that I don't use for anything, so I'm just gonna, this one's gonna be our designated listener tale one. Um, it is all lowercase victoriarich104 at gmail.com. That's V-I-T-O-R-I-A-R-I-C-H-104 at gmail.com. Again. Victoria Rich 104 at gmail.com. So, yeah, um, I can't wait. I want to get your listener tales in here. I want to talk about that, and I'm so excited for this episode. And this is part two, so we're finally going to be done with recreational buildings. Even though it was so fun, it's time to move on, friends. Um, now that we're like six minutes in, I say, let's, let's start. So, I'm starting with Kenyon college this is the one i knew about now this college it has like uh it has a really weird history and it's like just in some of the stuff i'm like oh my gosh like guys grow up but you know it, they're college kids um so um kenyan college is the state's oldest private institution of higher education kenyan college was founded in 1824 in worthington by Philander Chase, first episcopal—I oh, don't know how to say that. It's so bad. Bishop of Ohio and relocated to Gambier four years later. Both college and village are named from British benefactors, statesman Lord Kenyon and naval hero Lord Gambier. Crazy, right? What Throughout- state is this in? Is this America? Um, I pretty yeah, it is. I feel like it's Georgia, but I might be wrong. It's Ohio. It's Ohio. Why did we already said that? Okay, it's Ohio. Kenyon College is located in Ohio, just so we know. And it's like it's still a college that people go to today. Like, yeah, it's not closed down. It's it, it's still functional. No, but it has a crazy haunted history. And like one of the dorm like buildings, it's totally closed off because of the hauntedness. It's and I ooh. and they don't have a so they used to be really really known for their swim team. But Not something's anymore. happened. So, um, throughout its history, Kenyon has uh, prepared men and women for leading roles in society, including 19th century graduates Edwin M. Stanton, Abraham Lincoln's Secretary of War, and Rutherford B. Hayes. 
and Rutherford B. Hayes, Ohio governor and U.S. president in the 20th century. Kenyon College edu educated such literary alumni's, luminaries, not alumni's, luminaries as poet Robert Lowell and novelist E.L. Doctorow. So Kenyon has, like, famous people going to their college. Like, it's not... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kenyon has also been an innovator in education. The Advanced Placement Program uh, began as the Kenyon Plan in 1950s. Um, its notable alumni include actor Paul Newman, poet Robert Lowell, novelist E.L. Doctorow, uh, and William Grass, and Rutherford B. Hayes, the 19th President of the United States, which I already said. But that's crazy that it's like... The fact that we just casually glossed over, oh yeah, one of their dorms is closed off because I'm how getting, haunted it is. I'm getting there. Just glaze over that. Um, yeah, we are glazing over that because I wanted to give the history, and that's just a sneak peek into what, oh my gosh, um, we're about to have. So, now that we have a little history in our minds, uh, let's move on to the more haunted history. Um, the case I learned through Morbid, which you already know, and it's a horrible case, although some of the stuff that happens has been banned, it still happens today, and I think it's absolutely insane. Um, we need to understand that hazing is scary and something that can have great re repercussions, oh. because this particular story has to do with the hazing of one freshman, Stuart Lathrop Pearson. So, around 9.41 p.m. on October 28, 1905, a freshman, uh, Stuart uh, Lathrop Pearson, was struck by an unannounced train traveling next to the uh, Cocosing, I don't know how this river is pronounced, but it's a river adjacent to the Kenyon College campus. He was killed instantly. Um, Pearson and... Pearson, a Delta Kappa... Epsilon Pledge was participating in a fraternity initiation at the time. Some... Ugh, it's crazy. So what happened was they're like, oh, freshmen, you want to join our group, blah, 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 blah. And what they usually did is they would line up. Uh, they would make sure that there was no trains coming, and they would tie the person to the tracks, and they had to stay there all night without any food or water. Um... They had to stay there all night. In the morning, the boys would come get them, and, and it just depended on what time of day. That doesn't sound like abuse or bad shit at all. Yeah, so hazing is not okay. Um, And what actually happened... What made them think that this is okay? Was we don't know if Pearson, the captain or whatever of this fraternity, was like... A, let, let's put in that like they don't know... Like, he claimed that... Um, he knew it wasn't, it, the train wasn't supposed to be scheduled, and every, and it was just, we heard that it was one of those, it was just a, like a testing car to go through and make sure everything was good, just running the tracks and making sure everything was good, and no one knew that it was going to come through. But to scare him, they'd say, oh, there, and Pearson is alleged to see the light, and it would just die of this train. What makes them think that, oh yeah, we're just gonna tie a person to some tracks, that's fine. Yeah, um, so some contented that he had been bound to the tracks and blindfolded, so yes, they would blindfold him, 
and however authorities later concluded that he had been directed to the railroad bridge by his fraternity brothers and asked to stay there until retrieved members claimed that the experience was intended as an opportunity for him to com contemplate his impending membership unfortunately the surprise of an unexpected oncoming train in the darkness caused pearson pearson yeah pearson okay there's two Pearsons in this. Caused Pearson to stumble into harm's way, which is not what happened. Um, Pearson's death launched a dark and challenging chapter in history of the Kenyon College. Administrators point out that over time, the college recovered and was able to put the tragedy behind them. However, many students believe Pearson is still hoping to complete his initiation. He's still found by the tracks. And, like, you can still, like, sometimes you can hear the sound of a train when there's no train. Because um, the trains are... The train tracks are closed because it was so long ago. Um, also, um, the administration of the time, so the, like, admin, like, the duke or whatever you would call him of the... Mr. Boss Man. Yeah, Mr. Boss Man, the principal, whatever you want to call him. The dean. That's what it was. So, the dean, uh, well, he was brothers with, uh, the captain of the fraternity's son. Bullshit. I mean, not son, father. Um. So <laughs> they got away with it. Of course they did. Just and guys would get just, away with committing murder. Oh yeah, and the police just wiped it away too. It was just one of those things. Um, and they didn't suffer any repercussions. I heard. Um, now I'm not sure if any of this is like totally true. Just because of how long it was ago, but that's just based on what accounts I found. I... Okay. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I don't even know where I was. So, um... Well, if you hear any little semi-screaming noises, that's my dog. Yeah, he just got a new puppy. Her no, name's Emma. And Emma is the sweetest little puppy in the whole entire world. She's so cute. Don't bite, you little butthead. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, and we may talk to her in baby voice. <laughs> so, back into Kenyon. If you visit Kenyon College today, you will find that the real... Oh my gosh, the railroad bridge where Pearson was struck and killed has been transformed into a bike trail. The tracks were long ago covered up with asphalt. Each year, the DKEs mark the anniversary of Pearson's death with a ceremony. Reportedly, they carry a coffin filled with stones down, middle, down the middle of the path and gather at the fateful trestle bridge where fraternity officers read the coroner's report to Torchlight. In recent years, they also read passages aloud from Fred Coolidge, Coolidge's alma mater, alma mater? I don't know. Yeah, alma mater. Alma mater. The ceremony ends with the burning of a wooden DKE sign, which they extinguish in the river, leaving its ashes behind on the bike trail covering the old train tracks. So some say that on those evenings, as as they hike back to campus, they still hear the whistle of a train in the distance. But that's not all. Residents of Old Kenyon Residence Hall claim Pearson can still be seen staring out the window of the fourth floor. Doors open and close and footsteps are heard coming from empty rooms. 
So before I get into the greenhouse, which is also in the pool, the greenhouse and the pool, before I get into those with the Kenyon College, um, I want to go into a little bit more of the haunted history that I know from Kenyon College. Um, so on, so the college, what happened to the college was it was a, it was a building mm -hmm. and it got burnt down. It got burnt down on one occasion and like half the residents were killed. So, and then they, when they rebuilt the college, they rebuilt it a few feet higher. So the level, the leveling and differences and people say they see half body so they'll see like legs walking. walking like in the middle of their room because of the height difference and stuff and um because no, it was burnt someone was also light. someone also due to a hazing event was trapped in a closet was trapped in a jesus. closet and had to stay there for two nights jesus the hazing's just shit and um he eventually decided to take his own life and then there's multiple occasions where people from Kenyon College have jumped out windows and stuff because of bullying and other things. So yeah, now that shows how toxic the environment or how healthy the environment is. Now let's get into the greenhouse. So, um, la, 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 la. so um. The college has long been known for its excellent swimming and diving programs. In 1935, Charles Schaffner donated funds to construct a state-of-the-art aquatic building on Kenyon's campus, or Schaefer Pool. Opened in, the Schaefer Pool opened in January of 1936 and contributed to Kenyon winning a number of Ohio Conference swimming and diving championships in the years to follow. The building had a conservatory-style conservatory roof, which earned it the nickname of the greenhouse. I thought concerned there. I was going to say that's an aquatic center, yes. not a greenhouse. But because of the shape of it. and the, yeah. Legend has it that some students be became a bit preoccupied with seeing how high they could launch themselves from the mm -hmm. highest diving board in the greenhouse. I thought they were going to say other things. On one fateful evening, one student apparently launched himself high enough that he smashed through a glass pane in the roof, and after nearly, after nearly decapitating himself, he fell into the pool, pool below. Did he die? I chill. <laughs> I mean, casual. Did he well, die though? While administrators of Kenyon can find no record of such a student or incident, other students, faculty, and staff argue differently, as they believe this student really never left. Over the years, most of the reports of what later became known as the Greenhouse Ghost were told by custodians and safety officers. Their encounters typically occurred well after normal working hours. For example, the sound of a body impacting the water followed by thrashing sounds was commonly reported. But the weird thing about this was there was no water in the pool. When he hit the pool. No, when he did... No, 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 no. Brian, are you listening? Oh, like the there's no water? Goes, there's no water in the pool, and they still hear the sounds of a body hitting the water. One custodian's claimed it. Are you just the slillest little baby? Sorry, I don't need to do this. Um, uh, when officers investigated or turned to face the pool, they would see disturbed... Well, this is on another account. This is when it was full. Full, full, not full. 
when it was full. Um, when officers investigated or turned to face the pool, they would see disturbed water, but no one in the pool. Oh. Then upon turning around again, they would see a set of wet footprint footprints along the walkway leading away from the pool. Others report, report that they would hear the sound of a diving board bouncing not once, but three times. Upon turning toward the board, they could see the board vibrating, but, but no one near it. Oh, that's spooky, isn't it? Now, in the 1980s, the building was converted to a dance studio, so it's now a dance studio. Um, during construction, the pool was drained and covered over by a false floor, and the conservatory roof was replaced with a wooden beamed roof more appropriate to its new use. Unfortunately, the greenhouse ghost never got the memo as the activity continued. Staff members continued to tell stories of late-night encounters when they would become sensitized to the pressure of the spirit. Some nights, they would hear footsteps behind them as if they were being followed. On occasions, they would once again hear the sound of splashes and bouncing. Even more unnerving was the periodic appearance of wet footprints across the dance studio floor. Which I think is crazy. Wait, so they took out the old floor, right? Or am I... The pool is gone. They no, took like, out the pool entirely. Like they, No, they didn't. From what I understood from what you said, they didn't take the pool out. They just put a floor on top of it. They... Yeah, that's what they did. They put, like, a floor over it. So yeah. there's just this empty shell of a pool underneath there. Yes. But I'm pretty sure it got filled with something. Wouldn't surprise me if they put, like, sand inside of it. Or something just to hold it. And, um... As a way to, uh... Make sure it was sturdy and it didn't fall. Well, yeah, but, you don't want to put this vast... The flat thing on top of a vast hollow surface. Yeah, I think it's absolutely crazy that... They still see wet footprints going across the floor. And the thing is, this floor, I'm going to assume, they just threw it on top of the old one. So that's a slight level change, too. Oh, yeah, there's definitely a There'd slight level change. There'd have to be a level change. There's no way there could be. Um, so, um... Paranormal experiences in the greenhouse are still reported to this day, so if you ever visit um, Canyon College, you might stop... By Schaffner Dance Studio. Close your eyes and listen. And uh, look back over your shoulder for any wet footprints on the floor. Because you never know. Um, now I'm going to tell a story that I also learned. Because this I'm nearing the end of Kenyon. <laughs> I'm nearing the end of Kenyon College. But there's one story I would like to repeat. So... Um, the whole, uh, dorm building that's closed off. Well... Oh, great, you're not glazing over this one. Love it. No, I'm not. So, um, the police officers still have to patrol in there and stuff. To make sure there's no Make sure there's no such. people. There, yeah, there's nobody doing what they're not high. What they're not supposed to be doing. And so, they... Often, <laughs> they often hear sounds, but on this one account, because there's classrooms in there too, oh. so it's not, like, there's also, like, a couple classrooms, so there's always, so there's a phone. A phone ringing. There's a phone. On the third floor, most commonly um, known as, well, one of the not-so-good numbers, 
16. Or 13? Three. Just three in general. Like, three is known to be, like, a Oh, yeah, because... On one occasion, one of the police officers got a ditch pat- a dispatch that went- there was a phone call coming from the third floor. So they went up there to check. There was nobody there. And then, when the police officer got up there, he turned his back to leave the room because he noticed there was nobody in. He was just about and to- he didn't hear the phone. He was about to click- his radio on, and say there's no one up here, and the phone started ringing. No, Queen. I just want to leave he, now. He answered the phone. Nobody was there. So he continued to then leave. As he left the room... The phone rang again? No. He was in the hallway, and, and he was getting a weird feeling, so he was dead, headed down to the second floor to make his way down to the first floor. And he heard running footsteps down the hall at him. And so he dispatched for three more officers to come up. Three officers, um, they all met in the first floor. Oh my god. They all met in the, in the first floor. And they got a, a dispatch that someone was then again calling the administration's office from that phone. So they went back up there to check. And click the damn phone. Oh, that it, it, we get there. And and there's no one there. So they unplug the phone because they don't want like they're like, okay, this We're is causing this a dis, this is causing disturbances. So we are unplugging it. They unplugged it, they started to walk out, and lo and behold, it started ringing. Uh that's not nice. And so yeah, they just kind of skeet daddled out of there. And on one occasion, no. one of the like student, um, one of the bigger, higher students in the student college had, yeah, had to go in there and uh, get some books or something from that building. From that building, they and probably just the use it for storage. There is an elevator. Oh dear God! And the elevator would not take her to the floor she wanted. Instead, take the downstairs. It kept taking her to the third floor. What floor is she trying to get to? Like, the second or something? Hit the damn stairs. And it just kept taking her to the third floor. She tried over and over and over again. It would not go to the Is second the floor. building being maintained? Oh, yes. It's maintained because they have to go in and patrol it, So and they use the elevator and stuff to get from one places. Like, it's still... Um, it's a storage building, almost. Kind of, um, and they reopened it for a while, and then they close it again, and then, um... Because of disturbances. And then they keep it maintained because they never know when they're going to need those extra dorm rooms. True. Because it's a college. Makes sense. So, they keep it all open, and it's very well maintained. Like, it's just like any of the other ones. Just better. Without people. Instead, with little friendly ghosts. Now that we're 30 minutes into our first one... Oh, yes. So friendly that they're sprinting at you. Creepy, right? Yeah. yeah. So, Hi. now I want to move on to something that I think you will find interesting. Let's go, Queen. I am so excited for this this one because I just randomly found this, and I am so... Yes, you want in here. Okay. And I'm so excited for it because... Now, it's not really a recreational building. It's more of a... Uh, Is the last one a recreational It's a building? hotel. 
The last one is a recreational building. But this one is a hotel because I think hotels are very interesting. They are. Um, ex specifically this one because this one also includes many famous people. So, let's get into the Cavalier Hotel. Never heard of that one. In uh, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Okay, the Cavalier Hotel is a historic hotel building in the Fort at Fort at 4200 Atlantic Avenue in Virginia Beach, Virginia. The seven-story building was designed by Neth and Thompson with a Y-shaped floor plan and was completed in 1927. Here, I'm gonna... I'm looking up a picture for Brian because I forgot to add this one in here. And it's still up and running today, obviously, because it's one of those. So it has, like, the... The hotel! It has the V-shape. The Y shape, I guess. Oh, yeah, it's a Y. Yes. And so, um, most of its hotel rooms featured views of the Atlantic Ocean and all had private bathrooms, which was really uncommon for that time. Um, the hotel also featured dining facilities and opportunities for shopping, as well as amenities such as swimming pools that are now common features of modern hotels which were not at this time like this was like the time that this was built this was revolutionary this was revolutionary and so like all these famous people would come they it was actually used in a war oh delicious just so you know um so entertainment sports figures and other celebrities who stayed at the cavalier included f scott fitzgerald uh zelda fitz Gerald, Bob Hope, Elizabeth Taylor, Judy Garland, Doris Day, Betty Davis, Muhammad Ali, President Harry S. Truman, and President Jimmy Carter. Other U.S. presidents staying overnight at the Cavalier included Herbert Hoover, Dwight Eisenhower, John F. Kennedy, and Lyndon Johnson. So, like, this was the President's Hotel. Um, so... Um, and this was this was the hotel of the times because this hotel became a really big thing in the roaring in the roaring twenties. So this was one of them revolutionary. Yes. So a memorial. Stop. A memorial. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh my gosh. On Memorial Day weekend in 1929, shortly before the stock market crash. Uh, the famed Cavalier Beach Club opened on the oceanfront at the bottom of the Cavalier Hotel and drew big dance bands such as Benny Goodman, Cab Calloway, Glenn Miller, and Lawrence Welk, and other performers including Frank Sinatra and Ella Fitzgerald. No, you little stinker noodle. She she moved my page, guys. She does that. So, um... What was I? Okay. So the hotel was built during the period of prosperity known as the Roaring Twenties and was a major element of the developmental the development of Virginia Beach as a resort area. The hotel was operated successfully until 1942 when it was commandeered by the United States Navy as a training center during World War II. It was returned to its owners in 1945, but the lost years hurt the business. The property was used as a private club for a time in the 1950s and 1960s and eventually reopened as a hotel. The hotel was listed on the National Register of Historic Places in 2014. 
So, the property was sold in 2013 under court order, and the new owners began an extensive renovation and restoration of the structure with an anticipated opening of summer 2016. And when we talk about extensive renovation... It sounds almost like uh, the Greystone Manor at times. Yes. Just wait. Now, the history of this and why the renovation bothered some of the people... Don't bite. Living in this. So, now the hauntings within this place... Don't bite. ...are absolutely crazy. Because, you know, you guys... You know that one guy? Yeah, getting there. Uh, you know the guy who had Coors beer? You know that guy? Yeah. Anthony Coors? I think that's his name. Andrew, maybe it's... What? Adolph Coors. It's Adolph Coors. So, yeah, he's the one who owns Coors Beer. And in June of 1929, Adolph Coors, founder of Coors Beer, excused himself from the table mid-breakfast and proceeded proceeded to his sixth-floor room where he jumped from the window to his death. Coors was actually at the hotel for medical reasons under doctor's orders. Many say that you can see the replay of his death scene out the very window. It was on June 5th, 1929, that a loud thunk would alert people to the fact that something tragic had just happened. The screaming from a hotel employee alerted all to where the tragedy occurred. Adolph Gore's body lay in a crumpled heap on the concrete patio of the hotel after taking a fall from six floors up. But did Adolph Gore's fall, or was he pushed? Was it an accident? Suicide? Or murder. Prohibition was in full effect at this time, so some speculate that Coors took his own life, distraught over the fact that his company was forced to make pottery and cement rather than brewing beer. Then again, why take a healing vacation if you're only planning to off yourself? Others think that he was murdered. He was, after all, a prominent businessman. He was sure to have some enemies, as do most folks with money and shrewd business acumen. Perhaps his wife did the dirty deed, wanting her husband's wealth for herself. The idea has been turned down due to the fact that Miss Coors was a was a doting wife and even took good care of her husband while he was ailing. The ghostly reenactment of his death that plays out at the hotel gives no clues to what really happened what really happened to Coors, whether he went through a presumably closed window of his own accord or not. People have witnessed seeing his body falling from the window, and some have heard the sound of an sound of an invisible body smacking against the patio concrete. Near the window, he went out of cold spots are regularly reported. In a hotel as old as the Cavalier, there are more than a few skeletons in the past, in its past. However, the death of Mr. Coors is the most well-known and the most haunting. A couple who held their wedding at the Cavalier claimed that the apparition of Mr. Coors is present in the wedding photos. Other guests reportedly uh, report ghost, ghostly activity on the sixth floor. Don't worry, the sixth floor will come back in. Mm, Since the positive. Cavalier's $80 million re- renovation was completed... There was reported there has reportedly been less activity, but the only way to know for sure is to book a room on the sixth floor and find out yourself. Now this is him himself 
He looks like he needed beer. Yes, and he made it. He looks like he was really mad that he couldn't make beer. So, um... Now, not all of the ghosts have famous names, of course. Some of them don't show their faces, and others remain unidentified, as well as human spirits. The Cavalier also has at least two animal spirits that both guests and employees have spotted. Many great performers of the 20s and 30s use the piano that sits in the ballroom at Cavalier Hotel. From time to time, some of those performers may be returning in hopes to bring back the joy of and merriment of the Roaring Twenties because the piano piano is sometimes heard playing itself. And it's not one of those pianos. It's not one that can play itself. <laughs> now, during times when the hotel has been closed, whether for renovations or during off-seasons, workers have reported the elevators still running. By themselves. With no one on them. The elevators would go up and down from floor to floor. Now, let's get into the sixth floor. Most known as the most haunted floor of the Cavalier Hotel. Now, the sixth floor of the hotel has a, uh, has a lot of spooky tales attached to it. One of those stories likely stems from all, all of the other ghosts that may be residing on the particular floor. Prior to the reopening from the spring after the winter months when the hotel used to close down, receptionists working the late shifts would receive phone calls from the sixth floor. Calls from rooms to reception would be routine if there were guests staying in the hotel. But it is a little spooky when they are coming from an empty room on an empty floor of an empty hotel. Of course, when the workers answer the phone, there's no sound on the other end. When the hotel's empty, they say they still... Does the activity heighten? It just, okay, most of the time, sometimes, it just depends on the hotel and the activities. Because I was going to say, for this one, it could be like the Queen Mary. From what I've heard, ever since she closed down due to COVID. It got worse. It got worse. More negative spirits came out. But I think the hotel itself... If it were an entity, it's sad that it's being left alone. Because there's like one person that stays on it 24-7 with his dogs. Based on what this one sounds like, it seems that... It's sad um, that it's not being used and in disrepair. Well, it seems that this one, um, it doesn't... It, it really calmed down when it got renovated. Like, I'm being taken like, care of. Like, it's been taken care of, it's... Getting redone. And some of those were, like, and it was totally a different, like, layout and stuff than it had normally been. So some of those ghosts may have moved on because it wasn't their happy place anymore. Spirits. Not ghosts. Why did I say that? Okay. So, there's more to the hauntings of this hotel than just silent phone calls from within the hotel and a piano that plays itself. One of the sixth floor ghosts spotted by those staying in the hotel includes a man dressed in an old hotel uniform, though some reports have him wearing a military uniform. He stands on the staircase by the sixth floor and tells people there are ghosts on that floor. Perhaps he doesn't realize he is one of them. So let's talk the next one in there. Let's talk about the ghost girl and the phantom cat. So, 
Uh, many workers and guests have reported seeing both a ghost girl and a phantom cat in the hotel over the years. It seems that the girl is usually looking for her cat, and her cat is looking for her. It is believed that the little girl was staying with her family at the hotel when the cat got out of the room and made its way downstairs. Some believe that the cat fell into the pool, and when the little girl jumped in to save the feline, they both drowned. The cat has been heard meowing and scratching at doors, possibly looking for the little girl who loved it. Paw prints have also been spotted on the back staircase, and some people have reported seeing the ghostly cat walk through walls. In honor, in honor of the phantom cat, there is a drink offered at the hotel called the ghost cat. The cat is not alone in its search for the little girl. She also appears often. She is usually seen walking near the pool, looking for her cat. So yeah, and there's more going on with this hotel. Now this one, the next one, I just wanted the history because I think it's so crazy. This one, I'm not even, there's not really, like, it's not really seen as much for the haunted history. Just its generalized history. Just its generalized history. So let's talk about the Eastern State Penitentiary. Oh, it's you. Yes. So when the Eastern State uh, opened more than 180 years ago, it changed the world, known for its grand architecture and strict discipline. This was world's first, the world's first true penitentiary, a prison uh, designed to inspire patience or true or true regret. Oh wait, that's not what it says. Designed to inspire penitence or true regret in the hearts of prisoners. The building itself was an architectural wonder. It had running water and central heat before the White House and attracted visitors from around the globe. This this prison has the craziest history, especially with whom they housed. It was fucked up. Some of the inmates included Al Capone, Morris Balber, which was known for setting arsenic murder fires to Philadelphia. Uh, the Eastern State Penitentiary was known for its solitary and confinement cells, and actually, Ghost Hunters um, did an episode on this, um, so I think that you guys should go check that out, because I don't want to get into the haunted history of this one, because there's really not much, like, actually, like, written down on it. So... Because, yeah. um, Jack Osborne did an investigation there, Ghost Adventures did an investigation there, almost... If you're going to do a ghost investigation, do it there. Yeah, so I'm not going into this one because I've heard some wild things about this, and I think you can watch it anywhere. And this is Morris Bulber. He looks ratty. He yeah. looks like he did crime. Yeah, he did. He set arsenic fires to That killed people. Looked like he was doing arsenic. So, um, that's where I'm going to end this episode. Well, that's where I think this episode will be coming to the end. Um, I am so happy Recreational Buildings is done and over with because it took us forever to get this episode out. <sighs> so, what do you think? How do you feel? Hazing's bad. <laughs> what I've learned is hazing's bad. Don't do hazing. Don't participate it. If they want to do it, go. That's a red flag. No. That's a flag that's been drenched in so much blood. Then. My only question with the ghost girl. Okay. 
you have been there for, let's get her 50 years. Okay. I think you'd be able to go through every floor and find the cat. I don't think it'd be that hard. Well, um, I agree unless it's the residual. Unless it's Unless residual. it's residual and the cat was somewhere else. And, or, like, or if they both drowned in the pool and they're still, like, looking for each other. Like, I can still see this being difficult for them. Especially because I feel like the little girl, her energy is residual. The cat's energy is not. No, that's an intelligent. Because that's why the girl is seen more around the pool looking for the cat. Because her is more residual. And I think that's... I think that's what that is. I... No, I don't. In that, what I know with the Eastern State Penitentiary is what I believe it's called. It's evil. Ugh. It's evil. What they thought would fix these people. I know. <clears throat> like, it's just... And you can't see my face throughout this, but I've been making... The first one, I was making so many faces. I was just... You were like, really, guys? Really? I was just mm, so disgusting. I I think Kenyon College was such a good one for us to do. That was the dog. Um, because you moved. But I think Kenyon College is an amazing case uh, because it has a, a I don't, crazy that, that, history. That's the hotel. I I don't know what it is about hotels, but wasn't it just like mm, nice? So did you know that um, Kenyon College they also have a graveyard? Like, 30 feet from them. And people uh, report seeing orbs. Of course. Of course they do. Yeah, and, like, uh, people go out they there... They probably need the they probably need the cemetery for how much shit they've had. Like, the new freshmen, like, the freshman girls, they go out there and they go camping. Like, the hazing in the incidents. Hazing incidents. Oh, that's where you just put the bodies. The fire. Oh, that's where you put the bodies. Um, yeah, and on my own, accord, like, there's still, like, they still hear screaming from the fires through the corridors and stuff. Oh my Jesus. They see legs, or they see just a head, because of the... They see it poking out of the floor or because something. Of the, yeah, because of the size. Because, because, because the difference. Yep. As Selena Spooky Boo, which I'm going to be mentioning in my next episode. Ooh. She, the, the haunt with her house, her they had to put a bunch of fill and because she lives in a swamp, so they had to put an yes. egregious amount of fill on there. And because she sees ghosts. So when she sees them in her house, they're not walking on the floor. They're, yeah. They're walking below the floor. Yeah, because there's no way that... Because they're, they're not walking on the land that's there now. They're looking in the land that was, was there. there then. And that's very, like, can you call it just... Very common. And people also report, like, when they're in their dorm modes, they can, they can smell smoke out of nowhere. I would just be like, oh, hey, how you doing? Yeah, and doors slam sometimes. Or on one account, I, door stops. I forgot to, I forgot to mention stops. this. They won't be moving. Um, one was uh, someone thought uh, there were, there's multiple occasions where uh, people think that there's somebody 
knocking on their door, and then they look out there, and there's nobody. Oh, there's nobody there. And then there's more knocking, and it's just the ghost. You know, it scares the crap out of the freshmen because they're freshmen and they've never been they there. They don't before. understand it. But like the seniors and the sophomores and all those people, they they're used to it. Like they just like they hear knocking at night. There's an episode and they don't I have. There's, there's an episode I have to show you now. I have to show it to you now. But yeah, that's the crazy history of Kenyon College, uh, the the Cavalier Hotel, and the Eastern State Penitentiary of Philadelphia. Now, I I encourage you to go look at the Eastern State Penitentiary. Yeah. It is it's it's absolutely crazy. It's just I. My next episode. I'm going to take you out of the country. Ooh. We're same, con- same continent, different country. Ooh. I'm taking you to Canada. Guys, we're going to Canada. Looking at some fun. I'm so excited. I can't wait to get back into murders. Oh. Well, this one kind of involves... No, it doesn't involve murder. Well, mine kind of does. It was it's just positive. Because mine's going to be a single place. So it won't be big and grand like hers. There's not too much information out there. I'm almost done with the script. I just have a little bit more work to do. I just have to get the part with Selena put in, and then I'm going to be good. Yeah, I think that it's just like... It's a lot of coffee. The recreational building, since there was like so many... There was just multiple of them that I wanted to go over. There's a few now that I'm wanting to do because you reminded me, oh, yeah, there's this hotel I know and this hotel because I love hotels. Yeah, so I think I was just, I was thinking about that. I don't want to do hotels because I want to do a whole episode dedicated to hotels. Yeah. We should do do that. Yeah. We need to have a collaborative one for that. Well, or what we do is we uh, research specific hotels and throw it in together. Yes, and we each, like, it's just another, like, two episodes, a part one and a part two, and you do one in one episode, and then in that same episode, we just, like, alternate. Yeah, we alternate, and, like, okay, well, here's the hotel I brought. Well, here's the hotel hotel I brought. And I say we minimize it to two. Three hotels each. Three hotels each for each episode. Mm -hmm. So, in all, we'll get six hotels each. Yeah. Well, in total, not each. No, each. Like six each? Yeah, because three of the one episode, three of the next episode. And so, yeah. Um, I'm going to end the episode. Bye, guys. I am so glad. Um, definitely tune into our next episode on murders, mysteries, and, and the, the paranormal, paranormal with your hosts, uh, Brian Watson and Victoria Rich. Oh, and also, I do want to make a quick reminder on that email. Send in your tales, ghost stories, hauntings, murders. Send them in to VittoriaRich104 at gmail.com or V-I-T-O-R-I-A-R-I-C-H-104 at gmail.com. And um, I'll also put that in the description just in case you forget it. Okay, bye my lovelies.